It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, June 27th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that's got some good news and some bad news today. They're an organization with more questions than answers. All right, we will get into it all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with the brilliant Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, we are going to talk about the good news, Felix Sandstrom related, and the bad news, Joel Farabee related. We will get into the Hockey Hall of Fame announcement that will be happening today. And it's Monday, so we will have our nemesis of the week, as always. And uh, it's starting to get into the offseason, so it's, it's a good nemesis for today. All right, Russ. So I, I was going to ask you if you wanted the good news first or the bad news first. But... I always take the good news first. All right. So let's start off with Felix Sandstrom. Uh, he signed to a two-year deal. Uh, the first year is a two-way contract and the second year is a one-way. Uh, but the cap hit is only $775,000. Uh, I think that is a really good deal for the Flyers to have made. Uh, we talked about our backup goalie situation uh, a little over a week ago. You can uh, check that in our feeds. It was the Friday show a week ago, Friday. And uh, we did suggest that we wanted them to re-sign Sandstrom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wanted him to because uh, he should have a legit shot at being the backup. He may not, but he should. And if nothing else, he'll be that third, which we've now learned over the last few years that you kind of need. So at that price, he's an organizational guy. You never know what's going to happen with a goalie. Just because he is what he is today and he looks good as a backup, you never know in a couple of years. So uh, I, I like the progression and I like the signing. Yeah, same. I think the progression has been good. And, you know, while, you know, the Flyers were not that good overall, obviously, this past season, we know that. But he did get, you know, a number of games in. I think it was five games toward the end of the season at the Flyers level because of Carter Hart's injury. And so we did get a chance to see him in a few games at the NHL level where he did okay, considering what was in front of him. I got to be honest. And so I think he does have a shot. Obviously, we have Ivan Fedotov in the system under mm-hmm. contract as well. And so I think it'll be uh, unless they sign somebody else, which we did previously mention would be a possibility. But, you know, Fedotov is under a pretty inexpensive contract and 
now Sandstrom is under a million as well. And I think given the Flyers cap situation, having these two battle for the backup position and having the other one be the lead in Lehigh Valley makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I, that's exactly the way I would go with it, honestly. And this way you can save to the cap. Yeah, I would assume that that's what they would do, but I have also learned my lesson when it comes to Chuck Fletcher. So, uh, you know what they say about assuming things, right? Yes. All right. Now, the less good news, I would say, is Joel Farabee. Uh, they announced that he underwent disc surgery on Friday and are suggesting a three to four month recovery for that which i would say is questionable but possible i mean that is the under the rosiest of circumstances considering like jack eichel was the last guy that had it and the first guy to have it and they rushed him back for the playoffs that was obvious and they didn't have him go into ahl or anything like they have to do this right they didn't do it right with jack eichel even if farabee says i don't want to go to the minors you go to the minors and you play two, three, four games down there before you even think about coming up. Yeah. Why not take advantage of conditioning assignments that are part of the CBA? That's yep. just something that the Flyers have not done. And we've talked about that you know, oh, yeah. ad nauseum on this show, that the Flyers don't use conditioning stints appropriately. And so I think that would behoove them in whatever part of the the process is uh, for him to recover from this surgery. I think it's important to note that, at least from the news that was out there, that it seems like this was something that came out of off-season training, that mm -hmm. it wasn't something that came up in this end-of-season physical. Well, all right. But the only thing I will say to that, that's fine, but we saw him get hurt multiple times during the regular season. So, you know, again, it could be like that, yeah, you passed the physical – at the end of the year, but you still had this issue that, you know, again, how much are they checking when they check your end of the year physical? You know, let's be real. Yeah, it could be something that was exacerbated from something yes. that was in, in the season. We obviously won't know. Like, no. And maybe even the doctors don't know. But right, right. Uh, I think that it's something we will ca have to keep an eye on. And, and that sort of brings us to the general topic, I think, of Flyers injuries with all of that and coming into next season where that's another guy to add to the pile that um, isn't going to be there at the very beginning of the season and uh, is going to be, again, added to this list of guys who will be coming back from injuries or surgeries in the offseason that will, it, it'll be risky for the Flyers without kind of adding to the list of healthy players at the same time, right? Well, I mean, you're talking about now three of your best five or six players coming back off of offseason surgery or something, because I don't know what ryan ellis has had done um right. and you know that's that's risky i mean couturier too i mean we're assuming he'll be okay but you know he might mm -hmm. take a little while to round into shape too um this is not a great way to start off the off season and again we have no ryan ellis news so we don't know where that injury is at and you just hope nobody else is getting hurt and then I'm just going to throw this on the pile just of uncertainty. I thought the 25th was the date we find out about Morgan Frost. We've heard nothing about that contract, too, and where he stands on this team. 
I don't know either. So that is another very good question to add. To we, we got a, like I said, we got a lot of questions. <laughs> we do. But, you know, going back to the, the injury situation. Yeah, I think that even if Chuck Fletcher is able to make some moves to bolster this roster, I think that you know the options we have to trade are the healthy ones ostensibly <laughs> right and you often don't know what you're getting in return on that front completely you you know but sometimes you don't know exactly and so i, I don't know it's it makes me very very nervous going into next season about this attempt to take any significant step forward rather than at least just maintaining a status quo at this point right like if you if this were a rebuilding year we wouldn't even be talking about this. We'd be like, fine, right. we'll be in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. That makes sense for this team. But we're not talking about that. So yeah. now it's kind of like, I don't think they should make a hockey trade. If you want to go out in free agency because you have some extra cash at the end, beginning of the year and you've maybe bought out JVR, um, that's fine. At least, you know, you're adding a body to where you might be missing some bodies at the beginning. And certainly some of the guys from Lehigh are going to have to fill these gaps. That's fine. But making the hockey trade now that's going to be talked about is risky. I think so, too, honestly. And I wouldn't have said that even a week ago. But no. adding Joel Farabee to a list of injured players um, with, you know, question marks attached to them at, at the beginning of this season, I think just it changes things enough that a hockey trade is definitely a bigger risk. Yeah. All right, we are going to uh, switch topics completely coming up next. The Hockey Hall of Fame class announcement is coming up today. So we thought we'd talk about some of the options who we think will and will not get bids this year. But first, we're going to hear about our friends at Bet Bet BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league review and news, including this year's NHL Stanley Cup Final and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, the Hockey Hall of Fame will be announcing their class of 2022. And they did not have a class in 2021 due to the pandemic. And they seem to be insistent on having the ceremony in person, which, you know, I understand to some degree. So that what is what led to their decision about last year. But what that does is kind of add kind of a, a backlog to people that you would yes. assume would get bids and for every class they you know they haven't changed the numbers so you have a maximum of four male and two female honorees each year and uh, so the new options for this class so people who are first time eligible we're adding to kind of the pile up so to speak in mm -hmm. the hall of fame classes by the fact that we have henrik and daniel sedin as newly eligible and they're kind of a package deal yeah you have to put them in together 
You do. So I mean, I it's, think, it's unfair to the parents, yeah. if nothing else. Sure, the families and all of that. And it, nobody's saying they shouldn't go in together, and nobody's right. saying they shouldn't go in, period. I mean, it's kind of a, to They're me... They're a done deal. They, yeah. yeah, it's a foregone conclusion to me, and they 100% deserve it. But in terms of, you know, spreading the wealth, so to speak, I think it's um, it causes a bit of a logjam for everybody else. It has. I mean... You know, you go through the new list names, and it's nice to have um, Roberto Luongo on there until you realize no goalies get in. I mean, so mm-hmm. few goalies get into the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's just ridiculous. You know, Mike Richter's not in there as an example. And, again, it's not the NHL Hall of Fame. It's the Hockey Hall of Fame. So there are other accomplishments that you could put on right. someone's ledger. Uh, you know, Cujo, a lot of people want Cujo in. He's not in. So it's like – is Roberto Luongo really getting in on the first shot as likable as he is? He shouldn't. So I, I don't, don't think so. Yeah, I don't see a path for a goalie here because unless all of a sudden they start changing their tune on goalies. Yeah, and, you know, every so often they're like, oh, maybe it's time for a goalie, and then they let one in. Right. <laughs> but, uh, it is true. How often is that? Uh, I don't know if this year is the year, especially, again, with the logjam. I, I do want to talk about Henrik Zetterberg because mm-hmm. he's such an obvious name, but it also feels to me in some ways that he's a guy that they might make wait. Yeah, Zetterberg's an interesting one because, honestly, you think of him as a two-way guy. You don't think of him as an overwhelmingly great offensive player, and he was a really good offensive player, but he was always like third on his team, you know, fourth on his team. He was on these super teams. Uh, terrific player internationally. I think I'd make him wait too. Yeah. And, you know, you talked about how this is the Hockey Hall of Fame. So there's other accomplishments that are taken into consideration, not just NHL stats. So you talk about World Cup titles. You talk about Olympic gold medals or or other medals. Uh, You talk about world championships. You talk about trophies. Zetterberg has won the Conn Smythe. He won the King Clancy. But um, he's a foundation uh, player award winner. But... I feel like, you know, with him, again, you just have to, he has to have won multiple trophies outside of this in order to be considered first ballot. So, yeah, I think that's where I kind of draw the line. Now, on the women's side, I think uh, Megan Duggan and Caroline Uyat are first year eligible. And, God, both of them deserve it so much. But I think if they're going to prioritize one over the other, it's going to be Caroline yet, and I've got no problem with that. It is. I, I'm probably biased. I've interviewed Megan Duggan a bunch of times. I think she's great, but I, I, I think Ouellette's the better player. So Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, it, you know, it's hard to, you know, compare sometimes along these lines, but um, I, I do think Megan Duggan eventually should be on that list to go in, but I think like if they're going to do something where they don't allow two women in this year, um, I, I think Caroline Uyat is is absolutely a given. I, I do have one more player. Um, look, I know we're having all kinds of trouble with Russia and everything else, but Alexander McGillney has been waiting his turn pretty patiently. I think he had 76... 76- goals one year too yeah so he's but he's not first year eligible he's He's not first year i I thought we were past first year okay sorry that's true i jumped the gun on that my bad (laughs) it's all good i just want to make sure it's clear that he has been he's not first year he's been waiting yeah yeah so let's talk about the people who have been waiting a little while uh there are some guys with a flyers connection 
that mm-hmm. are on that list. And so Russ, I'm definitely curious about your opinion. I know I have mine. Um, I, I do think Rod Brindamore is a hall of fame guy, but again, with the log jam, I'm still not sure that this is his year. I don't think it's his year. I think um, he could be considered at some point because you can bring his coaching into it as well. Um, yeah. If he gets some, some sort of other, award yeah. that gets him in and he's not on like the player inductee list. I think that may make more sense eventually. But his offense isn't overwhelming enough that he would get in yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so as well. Um, other flyers connection um, on the maybe, maybe not likely, but definitely under consideration are uh, John LeClaire and Jeremy Roenick. I mean, LeClaire, I would put in, uh, I think he had that, period of time that was pretty dominant with Lindros and again internationally great with the U.S. team I I, I don't see why Rodick has talked him with his way out of it with his problems I think so. uh, he's going to have to wait now he probably could have gotten in with his numbers and now it's going to be like yeah we're going to probably make you wait like a decade and then we'll think about it unfortunately I think that's where he's at yeah I, I think so as well unfortunately I just think there's some guys with um, a considerable higher number of points. I mean, some of them have played more games too. So to be fair, you know, you kind of got to look at the points yes. per game on that front. But mm-hmm. I think um, Patrick Eliash is one of those guys that I think should be under consideration here. Real close. Um, I could see where others are getting in before Eliash, but he does feel like a Hall of Famer. So I feel like he'll have his day. Mm-hmm. Just not yet. Yeah. And then um, Sergei Gonchar is another name that I, I think just the breadth of his career was such that I, I, I do think that um, even if he's not a lock, I think that he should be high on people's lists. Yeah. I mean, you know, a terrific offensive defenseman, great on the power play, did hang around a bit too long. And I think maybe that's hurting him now. But in the end... I, I think he will get in, but I just think, yeah, right now it's not his time. But I think it, it will happen. So Sens fans seem to think that this is the year for Daniel Alfredson. What do you think? I mean, it could be. I mean, to be honest, if I'm going between, like, if it's up to, if, if side by side, if it's Alfredson and Zetterberg, like, they're pretty comparable players. Mm-hmm. And... I, I don't know who had the longer career because I know Zetterberg played with a bad back for a long time. But for what Alfredson meant to his country as well, I might go Alfredson ahead of Zetterberg. Yeah, it's really tough because he, um, you know, Zetter, Zetterberg has a Stanley Cup, a gold medal, a world championship. And again, these things are, are under consideration when people are voting and so i I think that it it's that could give him the edge Uh, is there anyone else that you have been clamoring to get into the hall of fame who isn't yet yeah i'm gonna say alexander mcgillney i mean again there's not enough russians in the hockey hall of fame he had a terrific nhl career i think he had a 76 goal season uh just a terrific four-time 40 goal scorer uh, top 75 all times in goals, top 100 in points, 
eight-time 30-goal scorer, 2.100-goal scorer, you know, won the Cup with, in 2000 with the Devils, uh, a Rocket Richard trophy winner, 92-93, tied with Solani, Lady Bang. Like, he's, come on, he's done so much. And Olympics. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I, it's just so tough <laughs> to... Uh to make these cuts again because it the, is. you know the list is so small where where we don't have a lot of space and um but i guess it's the hockey hall of fame for a reason right yeah <laughs> it's not the hall of very the, good yeah. yeah so you have to be the best of the best to get in and i don't think anybody argues with anybody who gets selected people can argue with the, how long it takes but i think in most cases, the people who actually get selected 100% deserve it. If it's so, you said it's only four, that's it? Mm hmm. Maximum of four and maximum of two uh, women. Right. So, so the women we squared away, I, I, I think it should be the Sedines, uh, Alfredson, and McGillney. That's the way I would go. And look, I still think Mike Richter should get in and everything else, but right now, that's the way I'm going. All right. Well, the announcement for it is at 3 p.m. Eastern today. So if you're listening later, you can make fun of us if we were wrong or um, congratulate us for being correct. I'll be on there. So I won't make fun of us just at that point. (laughs) So, yeah, like I said, it's at 3 p.m. Eastern and you can watch that on NHL Network in the U.S. It'll be on TSN up in Canada as well. So uh, looking forward to that. And uh, it's Monday. So up next, we will name our nemesis of the week. All right. So if you are a longtime listener of the show, first off, thanks for that. Uh, We sincerely appreciate it. Uh, You should know what our nemesis of the week is by now. If you are newer to the program, every Monday we look at the world of hockey around us and say, as Flyers fans, who is our nemesis of the week? Who do we hate? Who's getting our goat? And last week on the show, we talked about the rumor mill of who on the Flyers may want out uh, due to the hiring of John Tortorella as the head coach. So far, I think it's been a little quiet on that front. What do you think? Yeah, it's been quiet on that front. I agree. So I think that's good to hear, first off, that we aren't Mm -hmm. even hearing, you know, back channel rumors about anything. No. I'm feeling pretty good about that, actually, overall, you know, whether you like torts or whether you don't. um, I think that not hearing about guys wanting to bail because of it is good for team unity. Yeah, I I think right now um, team unity seems fine. It is the offseason. Maybe as, you know, September hits, we'll hear otherwise. But at least we're not hearing bad things now. So can't say anything bad about it. Exactly. All right. So. My nemesis for this week is the calm before the storm. This is sort of the week in between where, you know, we had all the flurry of news uh, around John Tortorella's hiring. Uh, We've got the U.S. holiday weekend coming up this week. The following week is the draft. And so we kind of have this week in between. So I'm calling it the calm before the storm um, where, you know, trades could happen. 
But uh, I, I think that I just get nervous in these little lulls where like, oh, God, what could possibly go wrong? But then again, also like what exciting thing could happen? For me, the nemesis this week is the lack of the lack of still information about certain flyers. I even brought up Morgan Frost, the lack of finding out about that, the lack of what's happening with coaches, assistant coaches, what's happening with Lehigh Valley. Is there an assistant GM? Is there still, is it the same coach? Is it a different coach? Is it a different coaching staff? Is it, I just want to say the lack of is really my nemesis because, you know, I would talk about it and write about it if we had the information. If we had the information, I think fans would feel a little more secure. We were told over a week ago they were going to go over all these things and we kind of went like a week without anything. Yeah, it you know, it is a little quiet out there. And we've talked about that a little bit, that they're really keeping everything close to the vest with with what they're doing this offseason. They did it with the coaching hiring process, you know, to get John Tortorella in. But I think, yeah, it's it's sometimes a little frustrating because you want them to take action because you want them to do something to get better or to take a step forward as an organization in whatever form that is and, and what their plan is. And, and yeah, things are very secretive with the flyers right now. So it, it's kind of hard to get enthusiastic in any front <laughs> on the team. I mean, but... in 10 days, you're going to find out about at the draft. So um, that's going to be something they're going to have to break their silence to talk about that a little bit in a few days no matter what. Yeah, they will for sure. And uh, speaking of that on Friday show, this past Friday, uh, we put out the locked on NHL mock draft episode, which was all of the locked on hosts uh, giving their picks for who they would pick for their teams, including us. Uh, we picked David Yurichek at number five and, you know, based on who was available at that time to us, uh, we're going to follow up a little bit on that on tomorrow's show, just because a little bit of time has passed since then. We want to talk a little bit more about the logic around it and, you know, see what we would pick as opposed to what we picked on behalf of the Flyers kind of thinking in, in their heads. So we're going to follow up on that. We're going to talk about the latest Flyers news, and we will get through these next couple of weeks before the draft with a lot of good stuff. So stay tuned. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send us in your reaction to that David Yerichek pick at number five. You can talk about who you would pick and we'll definitely talk about it on the show. Uh, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. You can comment on our YouTube. So lots of ways to get in touch. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ, I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. You can hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and have a good day.